Hello, and welcome to the Antioch Fort Worth weekly podcast. At Antioch, our desire is to cultivate a passion for Jesus and his purposes on the earth. To connect with us in community, partner with us through giving, or visit on a Sunday morning, please visit AntiochFortWorth.com. We hope you enjoy this week's sermon from lead pastor Jamie Miller. Hey, everybody. Y'all look wonderful. So good to see you. And you guys look wonderful, too. Just right there in your living rooms or wherever you're at. We're glad you're here with us worshiping in person and worshiping online together. If you want to open your Bibles to Psalm 92, I want to read this planted in the house of the Lord word one more time to get us started here for part two of our planted series. And we're calling this message planted in our personal lives. But let's just read that that kind of key passage real quick here. Psalm 92, verses 12 to 15, the righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar, like like a cedar of Lebanon planted in the house of the Lord. They will flourish in the courts of our God and they will still bear fruit in old age. They will stay fresh and green, proclaiming the Lord is upright. He is my rock and there is no wickedness in him. So, uh, Last week, I had so many comments about Psalm 92. It was was interesting how many of you guys had been thinking about Psalm 92 and um, really encouraging to me. And, but somebody sent me a video of this, uh, this worship leader we used to follow a lot called, his name is Kent Henry. He's an old timer worship leader. And there's probably not many in our church that have ever even heard of him. But, uh, now he does kind of a live stream with some worship on it. You can look it up at Carriage House, Kent Henry, Psalm 92, if you want to actually do it. But it's an hour of him singing this end part of Psalm 92. Just prophetically, just, he just kind of goes on. He's just filled with joy. He's like laughing and, oh, God, you're so good. I love you, Jesus. And he's worshiping. He's singing this line. They will flourish in the courts of our God. They will flourish in the courts of our God. They will flourish. And he's singing that line over and over. And then he interrupts himself and he goes, of course they will. Of course they'll flourish. They're in the courts of our God. Amen. <laughs> And I mean, I was just like, I was, I, I couldn't not be happy listening to him worship, you know? And uh, as an aside, I'd listened to that for a little bit. This is not in the notes here, but I, I picked up my guitar after doing that and I sang a prophetic song that I'd never sung before and basically wrote a little song just from listening to my brother sing, sing music, you know? And it was like, okay, that hadn't been there in a while. And I was stirred up, you know, like, all right. So back to the message. So today it's, uh, you know, last week we talked about some vision and a ministry plan for the church, Sundays, life groups, mission, adaptability, all, discipleship, uh, those things. And so today we want to bring it into our personal lives and talk about being planted in our personal lives and then some of the plan for how to do that. Make sense? So same kind of deal, but just more personal. And when we talk about being planted, in our personal lives, it's like these, it's the, the whole burden for this thing at the beginning of last year was, as we're looking into this year, was being rooted, being having a foundation, going deep with the Lord. And when you start talking about that stuff, it is a swirl of metaphors. 
in the Bible. I mean, you got stones that are being knit together and foundation of Jesus. You've got the whole body thing going on, growing up, maturing, getting stronger, under full stature in Christ, becoming like Him. You've got the organic metaphors, all those different pieces of, of plants and trees and vineyards and vines and branches and gardening. And sometimes we're the gardener and sometimes we're gardened. You know, you know, pruned and all, all that kind of stuff by the Lord. And all of that, you know, we are garden people, whether we know it or not. City folks, we are garden people. We were made to be garden people. You know, at the beginning, the whole story is that, you know, God formed the earth, but then on the earth, He created a garden in the middle of it. And then He took Adam, who wasn't there, and placed him in the garden, right? Remember the story? And so then there's these trees and plants and all this kind of stuff. And part of the story of humanity is the choice between these trees. The tree of life, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Adam and Eve stumbled, fall, choose their own independence from God. And really, that tree thing actually works through the whole story. You know, ultimately, Jesus dies on a tree to deal with the sin of fallen mankind, to bring Adam to an end, and he's raised from the dead. And ultimately, where this story goes is new heavens, new earth, a garden city with a tree in the middle of it where there's no sun because God is the light, you know, and this living water is flowing from this tree of life, and we're going to be there with the Lord forever. And it's going to be glorious. It's grand. So this garden stuff, organic stuff, is right chalked through. Genesis to Revelation, so huge. The main thing I'm trying to say then today is this. God is calling us to cultivate life and fruit in our personal lives as we are planted in the house of the Lord together. So we need to do it together, but we need to do it in our personal lives too. It starts with us. And, and then it's, it's a, it's an interesting mix of how we do it together. And I, I'm going to quote, uh, Dallas Willard again, who I mentioned last week. <clears throat> but, uh, Willard, uh, came up with this thing. He'd spent a lot of his life thinking about spiritual formation and growth and discipleship and how we grow. And he had this VIM idea, vision. You need a vision for your life growing spiritually. You need a vision to see what's my life going to look like if I do this, if I walk with Jesus in this way. That's really an important practical part. I remember when we started the church 27 years ago and, and Emily, who's sitting here on the second row, was like, uh, was like two, two years old, two years old. And we would dream like, Matthew wasn't in existence yet. It was not, not even a gleam. <laughs> or however that thing goes. I don't want to go there. <laughs> Scratch. Uh, and, and so, sorry. <laughs> it's totally random. And, and so, so we would dream about what would it be like to see a little girl raised up in this kind of an environment where we're going for God. And we're passionate for Jesus and what he's doing on the earth. And so, so have a vision. Because that vision will help. You know, Proverbs says in 29, Proverbs 29, 18, without vision, the people perish. Or without revelation, the people cast off restraint. And we need a vision so that we, you know, we get, we stumble, we fall, we get in a ditch, but we've got a vision. And so we, we get back up and we keep going. We're going toward becoming 
conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. And so this is a part of it. Willard then talks about intention. Like you need an intention. You need to say, yes, I want to follow Jesus. Yes, I want to uh, order my life around him. Yes, I want to make a clear decision. He's going to be the treasure of my life. I want to spend time with him. A clear decision to obey him. To read the word and say, I want to do what that says. I want to follow you, Jesus. So that's a clear intention. Kim and I, sometimes we make decisions. When it's big stuff, we'll write it down and then sign it. And that's just our way of saying we're actually doing an intention here. We're being serious about the vision and the intention. And then the third part, the M, is the means. That's the habits. That's the disciplines, the practices. That's the stuff you do. You get into your schedule and you do that stuff. That's the, the means. So really important. V. I am. Can you guys remember that? V I M. Okay, so let me set this up this way. Uh, Remember the bracelets, WWJD? What would Jesus do? And and asking that question is better than not asking that question. Let me, before I modify this, that's better than, you know, I mean, that's a good question to ask. But, But there's something you need to know. It's like, what did Je- what would Jesus do if you weren't doing the things that Jesus was doing? Asking what would Jesus do may not always get you into the place of doing what Jesus did. That's a really complicated sentence about that. <laughs> but it's like sitting, you know, it's, okay, here, here. It's like sitting down at a piano and going, hmm, what would Beethoven do? <laughs> yeah. Or you're standing over a golf ball. You're sitting over a golf ball, and you look at it, and you go, what would Tiger do? <laughs> when you don't have the skill to do what Tiger would do, it's, it's, you don't have the habits or the practices. That's not, just thinking that thought's not going to, it still may go rolling over there to the side in the rough. It might be more helpful for me to say, what would Ben Moss do? Is at least I've seen Ben play and he talks to me and he encourages me, you know. But so the point is here, what did Jesus do before he got in that intense situation? So that's what we want to be thinking about. What did Jesus do? What were the habits, the practices, the silence, the meditation on the scriptures, the prayers? What was Jesus doing before he got in that intense situation? And that's going to help us learn how to walk through our intense situations. We want to take on those habits and practices and be planted in our personal lives. What are we feeding on? What kind of sunlight are we getting into the plant of our lives? What kind of water are we drinking? Is it clean water or is it dirty water we're bringing into our lives? Right, it's the things that would poison us and make us not healthy or things that would be vibrant vitamins and help us to live healthy lives. What kind of soil are we? What kind of soil do we have in our lives? And that's where I want to focus today is we're going to look at the parable of the sower and just talk about that a little bit and then get into a plan for having good soil in our lives. Make sense? So let's turn over to Mark chapter 4 verse 1. Mark chapter 4 Verse 1, Father, bless the reading of your word today in the name of Jesus. 
Again, Jesus began to teach by the lake. The crowd that gathered around him was so large that he got into a boat and sat in it out on the lake while all the people were along the shore at the water's edge. He taught them many things by parables. And in his teaching, he said, listen, a farmer went out to sow his seed. And as he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly, but because the soil was shallow, uh, it came up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up and the plants were scorched, they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants so that it did not bear grain. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up and grew and produced a crop, some multiplying 30, some 60, some a 100 times. Then Jesus said, whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. Okay, I, I want to just pause there because really through this whole chapter, that's what Jesus is saying. He wants us to hear. Are you hearing? Are you really hearing? And this is critical for us in our life of walking with Jesus. In fact, this parable Jesus is about to say here in a second is the, it's almost like a key that unlocks all of the parables. If you don't understand this parable, you can't really understand any of the parables. So what he's talking about is how do we listen? What kind of soil is going on in our hearts and lives? So let's go on. When he was alone, the 12 and the others around him asked him about the parables. And he told them, the secret of the kingdom of God has been given to you. But to those on the outside, everything is said in parables so that they may be ever seeing, never perceiving, ever hearing, but never understanding. Otherwise, they might turn and be forgiven, which I, I think is really interesting because a lot of times we think of parables as a little story or a little illustration. Hey, I'm making a point and here's a little story to help reinforce that point. And Jesus is going, no, that's not why I'm doing this. I'm telling a story because I want you to really listen. And if you don't really listen, it will be something you don't understand. And it just goes right on by. So then he said to them, don't you understand this parable? Then how will you understand any parable? The farmer sows the seed. Some people are like, and this is everybody. This is all of us. We're, we're all of these things and mostly all of the time. Sometimes we have a really good run of being really bad. Sometimes we have a really good run of being really wonderful, awesome soil. But actually, everybody's got a little bit of all of it. And this is a call to good soil. So he said, some people are like, some people are like seed sown along the path where the word is sown. And as they hear it, Satan comes and takes it away. The word that was sown in them. Others are like seed sown on rocky places, and they hear the word and receive it with joy. But since they have no root, they only last a short time. When trouble comes or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. Still others like, are like seed sown among thorns. They hear the word. Uh, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth and the desires for other things come and choke the word, making it unfruitful. Others are like seeds sown on good soil. They hear the word and accept it and produce a crop 30, some 60, and some 100 times what was sown. So here we go. The, there's, um, and just to, to kind of wrap this thing up, the next little paragraph goes on and he talks about, listen again, it's the lamp on a stand, consider carefully what you hear. 
Okay, so it's, it's a very important. Uh, hey, um, can, can we get the lights up in here just a touch? Is that okay for the? Just so I can see everybody. Um, and, and so, and then he goes on with the, the parable of the growing seed, and the seed goes in the ground, and and it's the farmer. You know, he does some stuff. He waters it, he makes sure it's in sunlight, but it grows all by itself. The Greek word there, all by itself, is automaton. It's like where we get the word automatic. It grows automatically. He doesn't know how it grows. And then that final parable there is about the mustard seed. This little bitty seed that's sown into the ground turns into this big plant that can support birds and stuff. Now, the point is on all of these different soils, it's how we hear. So if, if we're just walking the way of the world, there's no, that's the hard packed ground. It's not, it's not like soil ground. It's, I mean, it's not a seed ground. It's just where everybody's at and you receive a seed. We're constantly receiving seeds. You're getting some seeds this morning and you can receive them or they can land on hard ground or they can be, you can receive it with joy, you know, and it gets choked out when hard stuff comes. And, you know, I, I, I remember talking about this with John Brown, mentor, many years ago when he first started teaching us about this. And, and he's like, you know, there are things in my life, every now and then I'll hear a teaching or I'll hear a seed of the kingdom and I'll go, I had that. I've had that in the past. I've received that word with joy, but I, I've, yeah, I, that's gotten choked out of my life. In, in some way, it didn't have a good root place or the deceitfulness of wealth and the desires for things and, and all of that. It choked it out. There was no fruit born because of the way it was choked out. And yet what we want then is to be the fourth soil that there's only that's like a 25 percent thing, you know, and God wants us to be people that receive the seed, the, the, the word in our lives and live in such a way so that it bears fruit and grows up, and we don't lose it. It doesn't get snatched away. It doesn't get choked out. It doesn't. It's not unfruitful, but it is in fact fruitful. Thirty, sixty, and a hundredfold. So that's the that's the framework for us in our personal lives. We want to grow that way. So how do we do that? What's the plan? What's the plan then for developing good soil in our lives? For being planted in our personal lives? And I'm going to just run through some things here. And I want to encourage everybody, there's grace. There's, there's grace for this. This is not le- setting up disciplines as a disciple. It, it's not, it, there's nothing wrong with that. In fact, that's, that's what the word actually implies. A disciple is one who's disciplined in the way of the master. And so we want to live that way. And it's, it's, not, a, it's not legal. It's not a bummer. It's joy. A lot, of, a lot of times the way we say this is, you get a desire in our hearts for being like Jesus, and we, we walk through discipline in order to get to the delight of actually doing that. Desire, discipline, delight. And so vision, intentionality, decisions, means, and then we get to walk in that being transformed, being conformed to the image of Christ. And, you know, a lot of us have things that need to change in our lives, and, you know, and, and sometimes it, it, what you need is not, I need to stop eating those cookies. I need to stop eating those cookies. You need a nut. It's like disciplines actually, they do an end around. 
when, when we're focused on something, a lot of times a discipline will do an end around on us. And it's like, uh, it's kind of passively working on us over here to actually do the thing that we really need to stop doing or start doing. So, uh, and, and the best plan, you guys, is the one you actually do. There's <laughs> just a, a reminder there. It's the one that you actually you, you, you do. And so... Uh, there's all kinds of disciplines. There's disciplines of engagement, study, prayer, meditation, uh, spending time in the Word, worship. There's disciplines of abstinence. That's where we stop doing something. We pull back from something for a season, you know, or you know, food or fasting, those kinds of things. There's disciplines of community. That's where we value and understand the value. Like Noah just read that word of. Don't give up meeting together. Find creative ways in the midst of the pandemic to get together because we, we need it. And, uh, you know, one of the things that's been exposed in me is how dependent I've, I am on our life together. Like what happened over time this past year was it exposed that I depended a lot on the routines and habits of just being together. And how much that encouraged me. And I've had to go way deeper, way more intentional about this planted in my personal life. And, you know, it wasn't like I'm at ground zero or something. You know, I've been at it for a while. And if it's that way with me, then the chances are it could be that way with some other people, too. I'm just we're, we're in this together. So let me just mention a few kind of uh, Daily, I'm going to mention a weekly thing and a quarterly thing, just some, some ideas. And the best way to think about this stuff is toolkit. I'm giving you ideas and we need to be toolkitting with each other all the time. And the, the most important part of this is to start with something, just to schedule something. It's a word the Lord gave us when we were on a prayer retreat a couple of weeks ago was just schedule something. And we, we schedule a few things that are already paying dividends, you know, in our lives. Uh, so on the daily front, what do you think Jamie Miller would ask the church to do on a daily basis? Spend time with Jesus every single morning, you know, spend time with Jesus. And, and uh, it's the most important piece of pastoral advice I could give you because it's teaching you to fish rather than just going, hey, here's a fish. It's teaching you to find hot bread for yourself instead of going, hey, here's some hot bread I got this morning. And then, but when we're all doing that, come on, man, it is so good. It's such a good thing. And again, not legalism, joy, not a bummer, delight, you know, and so just amen. The next piece on the daily thing would be to uh, abide in Christ. Just, we want to be abide. Let, just make that the goal of your life. Why? Because apart from Him, you can do nothing. John 15, verse 5. I'm the vine, you're the branches. Abide in me. Stay connected to the sap. Stay connected to life, the tree of life, Jesus. So, uh, you know, on, and when you spend time with the Lord in the mornings, make connecting with God your goal. Just like you want to be with, like, I want to connect. I'm not just going through a rut and I can get in a rut. Anybody can get in a rut, but then get out of it. Don't, don't stay there. If you feel like you're getting in a rut, don't keep doing the same thing. Mix it up. Be experiment. George Mueller said, I have an experimental communion with God. I, I love that phrase. Experimental. Like, do experiments. Try something different. You know, change whatever. And I'll say this. 
Whatever it is that gets you into the presence of God and connecting with God the fastest, then do that. There's not one right answer to that. If it's stillness and silence, do stillness and silence. If it's opening the Scriptures and starting to read Scripture and pray Scripture, then, then do that. If it's writing in your journal, then do that. For me, that's, that's what it is sometimes. Because it focuses my mind. I, I'll actually start writing prayers and praise to God and thanksgiving to God. It, just, it, it, it focuses me. If it's worship, then worship. If it's getting on your knees, get on your knees. Don't, don't, uh, there, there, we've joked about this for years, but there is a serious destabilization in the, in the space time continuum early in the mornings. Remember that. Remember, you can lose time that will be gone forever. And you're just staring off into the distance, and it's really gone time. I, I don't know if it was really God time, it's gone time. But it's just gone, you know, and I was trying to spend time with God, but I was gone, you know. And so just get in God's presence. That's, that's just plead the blood of Jesus. Lord Jesus, thank you for the blood. I'm coming in. I'm coming in. And do physical things. Kneel, step in, walk, pray the scriptures, you know, whatever it is, do that. And I, for me, I've used this model for years and it's just a good kind of framework, but, but acts, A, A, C, T, S, Adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication. And last year, I think it was last year when we figured out we could change all the letters up and we had fun with that. And, you know, you can do tax, you know, thanksgiving, confession. Oh, I just messed up. I blew it. But wait, wait, no. Thanksgiving, adoration. Actually, that's better. I'm coming to thanksgiving, your courts with thanksgiving and your courts with praise. And, and so, and then, oh, Lord, I messed up. And then, but Lord, I'm asking for stuff. And then uh, one of them was cats. You just start, I'm just, Lord, it's a mess. Lord, I, but Lord, I praise you and I thank you and I need some stuff. You know? And so I, I said that last year and started getting these gifts. Uh, what you call them, the little pictures? And it was a cat with glasses on, driving, <laughs> smiling at me. I don't know who sent that. But uh, that's really random. But, so, so the model part, just having a plan. And then listening. Always try to listen. Always try to listen. Always just get still and try to, Lord, what's the next? And I pray about the day. Lord, what's the next step in my relationship with you and my character in these meetings I've got today? How do I do this? Give me wisdom there. You know, Lord, what's the next step in my family with Kim, with Liv and Harper? <laughs> you know, what's the next step? We've been praying some of that, you know, so... Uh, and, and we live in an electronic world, so let me just give you some, uh, and I, I think it's, I don't know if it's in the app yet, but we'll, we'll, if we don't have it on the app, we'll get it in there and, or send an email out or something. But the, there's so much great resources. Just, it, we are not under-resourced in order to spend time with God. It, it, it gets back to the scheduling. It's really about the desire and the scheduling. But what, I, I was with uh, Antioch, Northwest Arkansas. Shout out to Fayetteville uh, uh, this past uh, Thursday night on Zoom. And one of the questions was, what do you do when you get into a dry spot? What do you, what do, you do when you're in that dry spot? And I, part of that is you, you have enough hunger. You say, God, I'm not letting this dry spot stop me. I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm not just going to get beat down and then roll over. You know, I'm, gonna, I'm getting back. I'm going to keep coming. I'm going to keep coming. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. So they'll be filled. So I'm going to keep coming. So a few resources. The Bible app. Um, is, the, is that in the, the app right now? Can anybody tell me? Is that on the notes? 
No, we'll, we'll, we'll get it to you. The Bible app. I've got a website for that. You can download the app. Praise, uh, Praise You Go app. That's one that we use around the house a lot. It's a little more liturgical. Uh, the Jesuits, some Jesuits do it from England, uh, which is really cool. You want the cool English accent, you know, sometimes for your scripture reading. Um, uh, the first 15 is one that people use. The first 15, a uh, number of people in the church use. Pray the hours. Uh, we'll give you a link for the, it's the uh, Ann Arbor Vineyard uh, puts this together where you just, it's just some scriptures. And at morning, noon, and evening, you just go through, it's just a little liturgical practice that just grounds you in the things of God. Uh, the pause app. The pause app. John Eldridge, got, it's, John's kind of talking you through some stuff. And, but just ask it, be toolkit people, ask each other, Dakota, what's fresh in your time with the Lord? You know, I think I'd shared that and I've done maybe five discipleship schools around the country on Zoom. And one of their questions is always, what's fresh in your time with the Lord? Like they're, I told them to ask people that and they're asking me that a little bit of your own medicine. But what is fresh in your time with the Lord? You know? And you're probably going, well, what is fresh in your time with the Lord? You know what's fresh for me this past week is silence. I've just been taking literally my phone, putting a five-minute timer on, and being absolutely silent. And you say, well, I don't know if I can do that. You know, my The whole point is just turning to the Lord. And I read an absolutely liberating quote from Thomas Keating. He's kind of a contemplative guy. And he said, if you get distracted 10,000 times during your silent prayer that's 10,000 opportunities to turn to the Lord again. And I was like, ah, that's liberating. I can do distraction. <laughs> it's just an opportunity to keep turning to the Lord again. Oh, back to the Lord, uh, back to the Lord, back to the Lord. So that's what's fresh for me. Again, we're not under-resourced. If, if that's not enough, what I'm giving you is not enough, Google spending time with God. Thousands upon thousands of web pages and it's good the the stuff i saw was just good healthy saw a 30 year old girl walking us through her quiet time she said all you really need is three things she had a bible journal a little bible study thing these are the three things i use and just walk through her time kind of different camera shots and she's just walking through her stuff so there's resources right we're not under resourced but we do need to make a decision okay the intention Vision, intention, means. Okay, the weekly piece. Let me say something about that on the weekly uh, side of things. That's like, uh, for us right now, that's fasting. You know, on Tuesdays would be a, would be a part of that. Missing a couple meals. You know, or, or just miss one meal. Maybe you start with missing one meal for the glory of God. Lord, I'm pushing away from this meal because I want you more. That's, that's what we're doing. We're saying, I, I, want you, I want you more. And we've been even praying during what would have been a lunch on, on, on that Tuesday time. It's just sometimes she's able to come home and uh, we will meet there and, and, and pray. And that's what you want to be doing. If you're pulling back from something, you want to give it to the Lord in prayer. Uh, so maybe an extended time with the Lord. Another resource I've been using is by a girl named, you can write this down, Summer Joy Gross. So there's a plug out there for you, Summer. Summer Joy Gross, and she has a, a website called athirstforgod.com, and it sends, she sends an email out on Saturday mornings, and she does, she's a, I think she's in the Anglican, uh, like a minister in the Anglican world, and uh, she does a thing uh, called a, 
the, uh, it's the slow word movement, and it's basically Lectio Divina. So she does a little video where she says, okay, just breathe deep, <sighs> kind of dial down, gives you a little time there, and then she'll, like this week's, yesterday's was Philippians 4, 4 through 8. You know, and then just read slowly through that passage and then tells you something to be looking for on the second time through and something to be looking through for it on the third time through. And it's, that's Lectio Divina. That's another discipline, but it's getting help from somebody that can help you. So summer joy grows. And then on the quarterly front, I'll finish up with this. Uh, just on a quarterly basis, think about some kind of simple retreat, something where it's just out of the norm. You go and you take a whole Saturday morning, three hours, and just, and we can resource you again on what to do on that, but just get out of the box. We're like fleas that jump in the jar. I'll be out of breath if I do that too much, so I'm going to just stop. You get the illustration. Fleas that jump, and, and then the top gets taken off, and they don't jump out because of habit. And we need, every now and then, we need to just boing and. <laughs> Get all the way out of the jar and do something a little different, you know, and it takes us to a new place. It always, it always does. So, uh, just practically time and space, you need that time and space. You need to schedule it and you don't need a lot of stuff to do it, but it will help you be planted in your personal life. It'll help us all be planted and then help us to, together to be planted in the house of the Lord together. So there's a dynamic that I'm talking about this morning, and I'm going to call it the monastery dynamic. And we're going to talk about the mission dynamic later, you know, in the next few weeks. But we want to be both. We want to have the monastery thing going, and we want to have the mission thing going. There's a reason why monasteries got started. It's back when Constantine, he became the emperor, and then he declared, won, won this big battle, had a vision and, uh, of winning in the sign of Christ, and, and so he declared the entire Roman Empire Christians. So if everybody's declared to be a Christian, then that's where the, the monastic movement started, was we need to actually get some people together that are going to hold on to real piety, holiness, prayer, worship, the things of God, and go deep with God. So we need that peace while also living real lives of mission in the real world. We need both of that, a monastic and a mission people. Make sense? So VIM, vision, intention. And the challenge here is we're wrapping up is to have the intention to go. What's the next step for you? Some of you guys already spend time with the Lord in the mornings. What's the next? What's some experimental practices you can do? Experimental habits. Maybe it's the weekly thing, you know, missing a meal or two. Uh, maybe it's Maybe it's a quarterly thing, but, but schedule some things. That's, that was the key word for me and Kim a few weeks ago. And then out of that, then we begin encouraging each other. We begin to encourage each other out of what we've been encouraged with. Send text messages to the guys in your group or send text messages to the girl, girls in your group, you know, and just interact with each other. I'm on several text threads where uh, one of them, we just give a verse. You just give a verse. And so, and you know, I get those text messages and I'm never discouraged by them. <laughs> I, I don't think I've ever gotten one where it's got a Bible verse on there. And I'm like, Oh man, oh, that's a bummer. You know, it incur it builds me up. It strengthens me. It edifies me. So let's stand up. Yeah, so just as we're...
just praying and about to dismiss here, let's just turn to the Lord and just begin to think. Let's think vision, intention, means for just a minute. Father, would you just release a vision into every single person, Lord, worshiping online, here in the room, release vision into our hearts of the importance of spiritual practices, of habits, of things that allow our roots to go deeper, of things that allow the soil to be more tilled in our hearts, to allow the roots to go deeper, to, Lord, where there's things that need to go because it's choking us, the worries of this life, the cares and concerns and desires for other things. Lord, would you bring clarity? Because, Lord, we want to be good soil people. We want to bear a harvest in our, in our lives. And we know it starts this inter- internal work of being planted in our personal lives is absolutely critical. Lord, we, we desire that fruitfulness. And Lord, we want to walk through the discipline so that we can, Lord, experience the delight of it. And, and Lord, I, I even want to just pray right now and, and prophesy over our church, Lord, that there are things that we that think that w- from where we're looking at it, it looks like it's going to be hard and there's discipline in it. But I can just promise you there's joy on the other side. There's joy on the other side. Jesus, who for the joy set before him, walked through hard things, endured the cross, disciplined himself. And so, Lord, give grace right now. I pray this wouldn't be something that's like some mountain far away, but just just around the room, there would be grace to say yes. Lord, I want to obey you. I want to walk with you. I want to walk. The fresh, uh, you know, uh, Uh, Charles Finney said years ago, revival is nothing but the beginning of a fresh obedience to God. A fresh obedience to God. Lord, would you do that? Lord, just increase the vision. Even as I was driving in this morning, uh, the Lord reminded me of uh, Frank Laubach practicing the presence of God. This guy in the 20s, he had these, he started a, a, a lifetime of practicing God's presence. And, and it started, he said, he said, one morning he'd finished some time with the Lord and he said, today I saw for a certainty that there are vast, undiscovered continents waiting to be explored in God's presence. On another day he said, today I looked into the face of Jesus until I ached with joy. Come on, Lord, increase the vision in our hearts, Lord, to be that kind of people that would be looking to you in that way. Give clarity in our t- intentions. And give us just an increasing toolbox of habits, ideas. And Lord, let it start with just scheduling the next step for us. Putting it on the calendar. Lord, we're in the awareness. We know that the change takes some awareness. It takes some biblical conviction. But it takes a lifestyle change of scheduling things. So Lord, here at the beginning of the year, I'm just seeing great things for Antioch-Fort Worth as we're pressing in, as things are getting pruned off, as we're letting go of things, as we're uh, pressing into the things that we need to be about during this time, Lord, would you absolutely grip us right here in this room, online, wherever we're at watching right now, grip us as your people and let us be planted in our personal lives so that we can be planted in our lives together as the church in this place. In the name 
of Jesus. Amen. May the Lord bless you to walk out what you're seeing for your personal life, for your family. May the Lord bless you to be the kingdom and priest that he's truly called you to be. Let's go and do that in the name of Jesus out there too. May the Lord bless you. Amen. Go in peace, y'all.